We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What up, what up? Welcome to the show. It's Friday. You made it. Big inhale, big exhale. Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. Perloff still swooshing down the ski slopes. Salakata, overnight host from WFAN, kind enough to fill in for Perloff today. Sal, and I... Thank you so much for doing this. Are you kidding me? Thanks for having me. You saved me having to do a five-hour overnight by myself <laughs> yeah. early this morning. <laughs> having to talk to New Yorkers at <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning is not where you want to be. You want to be right here with us. And so glad to have you across the country, CBS Sports Radio. Of course, we are streaming live, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Let me send a special hello to the Weedos and the Purple Drinkers in the chat. I'm going to find myself in a very odd position today. This is not because you're here, Sal, but mm. just because I'm going to defend Russell Wilson. Today. Okay. And I think I'm going to be the only person because an article in The Athletic came out today, and I can't sugarcoat it. It makes Russell Wilson look really, really bad. It paints a picture that he attempted to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the coach and GM of the Seattle Seahawks, fired. Shows that he had far too much influence with the Denver Broncos, maybe abused that influence, you know, had his own personal trainer in the building, got his own uh, office, you know, sat in the office, not as much in the locker room, all that stuff that really attempts to put Russell Wilson as you 52 guys over here and I'm number one over here. But Sal, I want to defend Russell Wilson and all of his weirdness. Okay. If I am the best quarterback in the history of a franchise, and I'm talking about Seattle. If I'm someone who's getting paid tons of money, all the pressure is on me, right? The Legion of Boom is over. I'm here now. I'm going to be the focal point, focal point in the centerpiece. And then all of a sudden, I feel like my coach, GM, not making great decisions for the organization, doesn't showcase me when I'm still in my athletic prime. I'm making sacrifices for the team. We all agree that it wasn't working anymore in Seattle. So why wouldn't Russell Wilson think, well, they'd probably want to keep me, right? I'm the guy who's making all the money. I'm the one whose face is all over the stadium. I'm the one who they're pushing front and center. Not to say it's okay to go to you know a boss and say, I want this person fired, but to go and say it's either me or them, I can understand why Russell Wilson felt like he was at that breaking point. I don't know if I could defend that necessarily. I do think that Russell Russell Wilson's been getting dragged here for no good reasons with his failures in Denver. Because to your point, Mag, you're talking about a guy who was the face of the Seahawks franchise. Obviously, great success, winning Super Bowls, being in Super Bowls, all that stuff. Now, that's all he knew was Seattle. Right. Then you come to a new spot in Denver, and you're supposed to be the guy. You want to do things... Your way. Right. So I don't have an issue with Russell Wilson. Oh, Russell Wilson, it was his way or the highway. Or he was trying to do this or that. Yeah, I would expect that. He's trying to get a feel for a new organization, but he's got to stay true to what he knows made him successful in the first place. And if he truly felt in Seattle that he wasn't going to have success with Pete Carroll, with the GM, the way that things were structured, and the way that players in sports, especially successful players like Russell Wilson, have been given 
a voice, right? then why wouldn't he potentially want to use that voice? Listen, the idea that he had, like, too much influence in Denver, I mean, isn't that really a matter of opinion? They brought right. him there for that. <laughs> well, they brought him there, and then they paid him a ton of money. You trade the two first-round draft picks, the two second-rounders, right, and uh, three players, and then you go there and you give him a $250 million with, like, 130 guaranteed. Of course he's going to feel like he has influence. And honestly, what's the crime here? That the guy wanted an office? Why? Because he wanted to spend more time at the facility talking about football. Even in this article, it says he's got whiteboards all over, drawn up plays, TV is always turned to NFL Network. It's not like he's in there doing poker night. Right. He's in there trying to, you know, give it his all. And to be honest, Nathaniel Hackett, guys, it took him 15 games and he was fired. I mean, if I walked into the organization and thought, oh my goodness, I just got traded here, I just signed a big extension, and the head coach, turns out, has no idea what he's doing. I'm a 10-year vet, 12-year vet, whatever, Russell Wilson. I'm going to step in and think this is a leadership void. I know what works. I've won in the NFL. I can see where he would say, I, I got to take over a little bit here. How I do you, get it. How do you trust the Broncos based on the moves that they've made here? Whether it's drafting quarterbacks in recent years, whether it's hiring failed coaches, one failed coach after another, or not, yeah. maybe not even a failed coach, but just not giving guys an opportunity maybe to stick it out. And then Hackett, like you said, they hired Hackett because they thought he was going to bring Aaron Rodgers along. <laughs> right. They didn't clearly, want Wilson. <laughs> yeah, clearly they didn't bring Hackett because they thought he was a good head coach because guess what? He's not a good head coach. <laughs> we saw it in week one that yeah. he was overmatched as a head coach. I just don't like, Maggie, that there are facts. Let's deal with some facts. Okay. Russell Wilson was a great quarterback for the Seahawks. Maybe one of the more underrated quarterbacks that the league has ever seen because even when he was at his peak, it was still others, whether it's Brady, whether it's Rodgers, whoever it may be. Wilson was like kind of overlooked to a certain extent. So the facts are Wilson was a great player. The facts are Denver has been an organization that hasn't hired a good head coach. They've missed in the draft with quarterbacks. They went all in to get Russell Wilson for a reason. And now, because one year with an inept head coach and Russell Wilson is trying to find himself in a new surrounding, right? now we're supposed to believe that Russell Wilson is a selfish idiot who can't play anymore and, and he's the bad guy? I'm not buying it. Also, I'm a league high, 24 guys on IL. Listen, I hate to put, you know, on IR, hate to use injuries as an excuse, but literally they led the league. Literally led the league. So you have that and you have the inept head coach. Good use coach. of literally, by the way, because you know that that word gets no, overused I, all the time by everybody and misused all the time. No, people think it means the exact opposite yeah, of what it is. They think it means figuratively. <laughs> I'm saying literally. They literally, the most, you can look it up, most players <laughs> to go on IR. And, and they had an inept head coach who was it totally in over his head. And so, listen, Russell Wilson wanted an office. Shoot the guy. What are you going to do? <laughs> By the Wait. way, I must say, Maggie, yeah. while we're on the topic, not to veer too much off here, yeah, but, you know, coming in here during the daytime hours, yeah, right? It's a new thing. It's unique for it's you. It's like a new place. <laughs> I'm like, wow, actually, people work here. This is crazy. And then I go back to see you pre-show in your office, and yeah. I walk past Boomer and Geo <laughs> and Evan and Craig and DA and... You Everybody's wanna, you office. Want, you want to get something off your chest here, Seth? Well, I'm just uh, maybe I don't have to say it at some point. <laughs> I, look, I know I'm just the overnight guy, but hey, it would be nice to have an office. I can't blame <laughs> Russell Wilson.
And, and I get he won a Super Bowl and I didn't. <laughs> however, yeah. however, it would be nice to have an office. You want a whiteboard to start drawing up plays like <laughs> topics? First, I'm going to go to the Jets. Then I'm going to go to the Mets. Then I'm going to go to the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Do you think that Russell Wilson is getting a raw deal? Or do you think that this criticism is valid? Listen, as you said, Sal, it's easy to pile on Russell Wilson right now. So much so that another interesting tidbit that came out of this article is that Russ has hired a new PR firm. Yeah, I saw <laughs> See, that. These are the kinds of things that don't help Russ because people already think he's a bit phony, right? It's just a little too contrived. The package is a little too perfect, you know, with the perfect wife and the perfect family, and he never makes a misstep. And now he's has a new publicist. I think that's something about Wilson where you're not getting, like, authenticity there. But I would just say this to people who don't think he's being authentic. 99% of athletes are not being authentic. We have no real idea. Unless you get a chance to see these guys or know them or spend some time with them, we don't have a clue. So you do have guys who are defending Russell Wilson, saying that he is a good leader, he's all about football, and what's his big crime? In the huddle, he gives some motivational messages like, hey, let's get this. Guys, believe like, it's all right. May, it might Doing, not be your uh, cup of tea, but Sal, it's not like you know, a reason to throw him out on the street. Trying to stay loose on the flight to London, like hopping up and the down. Calisthenics. Yeah. So he's a little extra. All right. He's a gym class diehard. <laughs> we all went to high school with him. I don't know why they're trying that hard in gym class, but whatever. The PR thing, though, does bother me because I just have a, a hard opinion on this forever, whether yeah. it's guys who come out with these... Oh, let me read this prepared statement. Yeah. I'm sorry I took PEDs. I didn't like, like <laughs> come on, dude. Just speak from the it's not that difficult. So the fact that you would need somebody to fix your public image is a problem. Go out there, face the camera, put the mic on, whatever you need to do, and be yourself. Yeah. Regardless of whether they like it or not. That's why, and I know we'll get more into Aaron Rodgers, of course. That's why I respect Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't give a crap what other people say. He's going to be himself. And if Russell Wilson is worried about his public image, then to me, that is a little bit of an issue. Well, I hate to kill a guy over that, right? Because, first of all, we live in a day and age, and you and I know this just as well as athletes do. Where We don't compare ourselves to athletes, but... We are in a front-facing public job right. where we're being asked to be ourselves. But sometimes you say something the wrong way, you do a wrong move, you can get public blowback from that, and you and I would know one one-hundredth of what it would be like as right. opposed to a professional athlete. Sometimes you do need someone to help you shape your message. And I think not everyone has every gift, right? Like, not everyone is great at marketing themselves. You think Tom Brady is really sitting there doing the Instagram post by himself? Dude, he's got a team of people who have thought out this philosophy. It's just Russ doesn't have a great, it just doesn't come across as authentic. Brady's team is much better than Wilson's team. Okay, I could understand that. But then back to the point you were making before yeah. where we don't know really about these athletes, right? We don't really know the, who they truly who they are. Were, yeah, Deshaun so, Watson's the biggest example of that. He was the darling of sports until we found out what was going on with the massage. Well, and Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods is even a better. Oh, okay, but then, and not to be insensitive, because with Watson and Woods, those are extreme yeah. examples, and I'm not being insensitive to what went on. But speaking for the sports fan, should we care? Like, do I care what Russell Wilson is doing as far as calisthenics go uh, on a plane? Do I care if Russell Wilson is, you know, his public image needs to be, no, I care if I'm a Broncos fan. Right. 
if he's winning game. <laughs> this becomes an issue because the Broncos sucked this year. Yeah. That's the problem. So you, you look at it, the Yankees with Aroldis Chapman. Why go get Aroldis Chapman when he had issues with Terrible. Yeah, yeah, right. But do you think the Yankee fans should be punished and not want to celebrate for a guy who could potentially close out a World Series game or whatever it may be? So as a sports fan, I, I, it's a very fine line, but I don't think you – we should care about what they're like as people because, A, we don't know, and, B, it's about what they do on the field. Oh, that's interesting. See, I I get it, and it is about what they do on the field, but you are, in some ways, they're asking you to invest as a sports fan, like, financially. Well, don't you think the organization, though? The, well, the, the you want mach- to invest in the, the right machine, people. The okay. machine. Because without our dollars, without our eyeballs, without any of that, then Yankees can't pay Aroldis Chapman and Browns can't pay Deshaun Watson. So, like, I think it's okay for fans to be interested and to, like, have an opinion when they do something wrong. This is far away from Russell Wilson, by the way. Sure. Not Russell Wilson. This is that. That's like, you know, he's worried about selling Subway yeah, sandwiches. Not even We're talking on that, about right. real stuff with, right. with Chapman and with, with Watson. I didn't feel like it's – I do want to know that because I am investing. I am giving my money, my hard-earned dollars, and my time – so I want to know, who am I exactly rooting for? I'm never going to really know, but if someone does something that breaks the law or might be in trouble with the law, I do want to know that. Fair, but I mean, we could then play this game all night long. Like, yeah. okay, let's just pick athlete X, and what if he is out there cheating on his wife and disrespecting his family and every have, night? And we have no idea. Yeah. Right. So am I, like, yeah. I get what you're saying. And I've always, and look, as a Falcons fan, I dealt with this front and center because it's something that never happened before where the face of the franchise, a guy who put the franchise on a map to a certain extent, yeah. got thrown into prison I for know. a dogfighting ring. Okay, so when you and, – and if you watch what the Falcons have done since, they made a conscious effort to bring in high-character people into their organization, even at the expense of winning games potentially with not going out there and getting the most talented person but looking for high-character individuals, which is something that – I have great respect for. Sure. But there's no way that you and I sitting here could know what every athlete we is don't. up to. And I don't think it's fair to ask the sports fan to care about that stuff, which just brings us back, I guess, to Russell Wilson. Like, I don't really think Denver Bronco fans give a crap about his public image. Yeah. They want him to just win games. Yeah, they do just want him to win games. And it's so much easier to dunk on him if he's not winning games for all these little things. It also doesn't help you've got guys like Richard Sherman and former Legion of Boom members who just can't wait. Every opportunity they can get, they just dunk on Wilson. And it's like, you know, it's funny and it's right in our faces. And I think... It, it has not done Russell Wilson any favors, that's for sure. Okay, 855-212-4CBS. But Sal brings up a good point. Like, how much do you really want to know about these athletes? Again, it's hard to know what, who they really are. But do you want to know anything? Do you care at all? You invested at all in their personal lives? 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Okay, coming up. Sal mentioned he's a big Atlanta Falcons fan. Hmm. What is Sal looking into his crystal ball? Are you over the bills yet, by the way? I had to bring it up. We're 15 oh, I'm minutes looking, into I'm the looking show. at you. I'm looking right behind you. There's Bill's jersey minutes. here. There's a Bill's banner here. <laughs> no, I have that so. same one. The Falcons one in my office at home, of course, because I don't have an office here. <laughs> Which we're going to try to rectify that. I don't have the kind of power <laughs> no, to get you an office, yeah. but I can levy no, a complaint <laughs> on your behalf. <laughs> it's all right. I'm good. Um, how to bring up the Bills. 
No, it's like I'm, I'm doing the show. With, it's like it's, I'm doing the show. You almost forgot the Jim Kelly football in a in a I know, beautiful case. Right oh, that's who signed that. I see it. Right, you guys got great memorabilia in here. Maggie's got her jerseys. Proloff's yep. got his jerseys and stuff. There's some cool stuff in here. I but know. I'm looking at you doing the show, and I see the Bills jersey hanging yes. in a frame. There's the Bills banner, and yes, the Jim Kelly football. And yeah. I just thought I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah. Are you over the Bills yet? I, I guess it's uh, you know. no. Yeah. Well, I'm not over uh, which, the Falcons 28 to three Super Bowl either. Which one? Do you want to talk about the Super Bowl from 1991, 92? Are you talking about the Music City? If you want to talk 13 seconds, I can do this all day. No, that's a good point. The short answer is no, I'm not over any of them. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) And yet yet we press on. Yeah. Uh, 28 to 3. Anytime these numbers are just out in the universe, it's just like all of a sudden Matt Ryan is trending. But we want to get your thoughts on on the Falcons. And before we break real quick, remember too, because it goes back to what we were just talking about, about how these athletes are. The first experience I had as a fan rooting for a team in the Super Bowl, Falcons make the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos in 1998. I wake up all excited. Man of the year, Eugene Robinson. <laughs> yes. Call with a prostitute. That's, that's how I wake up to my Super Bowl morning as a fan. I'm like, what is going on here? That and 28 to 3, those are my two football uh, Super Bowl experiences. Honestly, we could go head to head on fan misery. Right. We should do that. It's a real race to the bottom. Stu, you want to get in on this? Raider sure. fan that you are? Oh, God. At least you've it's got bad. It's not couple- much better couple good memories 855-212-4CBS Stamter's a Jets fan you can you could lead this conversation do they even get in the conversation I don't I don't think they make <laughs> they're it. leading the conversation 855-212-4227 get Sal's thoughts on the Falcons your thoughts on how much you care about your what you know about the athletes you root for number one and number two Russell Wilson big piece here in the athletic paints him as a real me first guy is it too much and are you expecting him and Sean Payton to actually do anything this year 855-212-4CBS. We're across the country on our fantastic CBS Sports Radio affiliates. We're also streaming live, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Get involved in the chat. It's going to be a fun one today. Sal Licata in for Perloff. Don't move. We're back in just a moment. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is Maggie and Perloff on this Friday. Sal Licata from WFAN and SNY filling in for Perloff today. You know, I used to do the CBS Sports Radio shows, Maggie, at home during the pandemic, <laughs> the overnights on the weekend. I feel I feel back home to a certain extent. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. Um, yeah, overnights during the pandemic. That was brutal. That's Those are some fun And shows. I remember, I'm telling you, there were some times where I think I said it on the air, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. <laughs> Did we you need have a nervous breakdown go- oh, yeah. on the air? Oh, many times, yes. The good thing is on the overnight, you could get away with those. If you do that during <laughs> the day, you'd probably be fired. But on the overnight, I was having mental breakdown, nervous breakdown, you name it. It was happening. <laughs> no, if you do that on the overnight, no one's going to come for you. You do it in the, during the day, they might, like, send an ambulance or something to actually always, come get you. Yeah, I always test the, the limits. Like, all right, let's see who's listening here on the overnight, whether it be my wife or somebody else, and you throw some yeah. things out there that I know would get me in trouble if people heard it, but you know what? We'll see. <laughs> Find out. No. And you're still here. Here I am. I'm scared. That means <laughs> nobody's listening, unfortunately. Well, a lot of people listening today. 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> Let's talk to a few of them. 855-212-4227. New, I'll say it wasn't an expose. How would you label this, Sal? New, um... Hit piece on Russell Wilson? <laughs> it was a hit piece. It was a, uh... <laughs> It was, it's not a profile. I'm not finding the word here. It was a bombshell. It was a, it was a mini bombshell. But you, you mentioned it before, right? He said that these, the report is inaccurate. He did tweet out that this was inaccurate and uh, that he never tried. He didn't say everything was inaccurate. He said he'd never tried to get Pete Carroll or John Schneider fired. So he's pushing back on that. Let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS. 855 Four two two seven. Jim's in South Carolina. Ooh, a Broncos fan. Jim, what's up? Hey, Maggie. Hey, Sal. Hi. Great topic today. Yeah, Broncos. Long, long time Bronco fan. So, do we know too much? Is that the topic, right? Yeah. I think that's uh, the, the whole culture constitutes that, right? We have Facebook, we have Twitter, and Google, and. It's everything. We, oh, let's we keep going. TikTok, yeah, Snapchat, right. Twitter. Are you on any of those? I'm on all of them. Are you really? And the show, by the way, follow us, Maggie and Perloff on TikTok, Maggie and Perloff on Instagram, Maggie and Perloff in your nightmares. Yeah. It's the same time. So has it made the sport better? I don't know. Has it made the sports people more informed? No. Well, my question to you, Jim, Jim, as a Bronco fan, do you care what Russell Wilson's public image is or do you care what he does behind closed doors or do you care about the team winning games? Well, I I care because I do care to a point where it affects the team and it affects the product on the field. There you go. When you hear all the things about he has his own office and his own trainer and his own this and his own that, and he's Mr. Me guy, right? Like he's trying to compete with Aaron Rodgers, I guess, as the part of be the most selfish guy. That doesn't help you, right? But then when the reports come out, and you hear that, it hurts you. And then when you lose and you're the worst offense in the league, that doesn't help your profile. No, and that's where the so pylon's coming from. Of the two. I think if they were winning, it wouldn't matter as right. much. But they're not. Yeah, Jim, and I'm sure that's frustrating. But positive side of this, Sean Payton's in the building. And thank you for the call. And not only is Sean Payton in the building, you'll remember, Sal, when he did his first introductory press conference 
Sean Payton said, was asked about Russell Wilson having his personal quarterback coach and all that, and he goes, yeah, I'm not familiar with any of that. Kind of implying that the the Bucks going to stop here. Like, right. no longer is he going to have his own guy. But I, to me, like, to Jim's point, if it becomes a problem in the locker room, but it doesn't really seem like it was. And to me, the guy wants his own quarterback coach and wants his own physical therapist. Who cares? Pick your battles here. If the guy feels comfortable with a quarterback coach or with a personal trainer, I'm not going to split hairs over that when I've already given him $150 million guaranteed. Just let him have his guy. As an organization, I think you can look at it two ways, but I like the way you just phrased it there. As an organization, you should be doing all that you can to put your players in a position to succeed. And in particular, in this case, where you invest this much draft capital, money, whatever, in a player, put him in a position to succeed. If he feels more comfortable. And there is a big difference between, let's say, Zach Wilson and Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. Zach Wilson got his own quarterback coach. Right, but he doesn't know his bleep from his elbow. <laughs> yeah, like right. he, he doesn't he doesn't know anything. So I would rather have an organization that helps Zach Wilson understand how to be a professional, how to be a winner, what it takes to be an NFL quarterback with veteran guys. Obviously, the Jets didn't do that. Wilson wanted his own quarterback coach, whatever it may be. But with Russell Wilson, he's already won a Super Bowl. Right. He knows what he's doing. So if he feels like, hey, I want this guy, then you know what? I think maybe you let him have that coach. And I don't think that other players in the locker room would necessarily have a problem with it by and large because nobody knows more that the quarterback is just a little bit different from everyone else on the team more than guys who are on the team. You don't think a defensive lineman understands that the quarterback might get some perks that I right. might not get. You don't think that the backup safety is going to understand, hey, maybe Russell Wilson gets his guy and I'm not going to get my guy. You don't have to explain that to these NFL guys. They know. It's been they, going on forever. And they don't care. I, I, or I don't think by and large they care. Because, like, what was the thing Parcells used to say? I'm going to treat everyone equal, but I'm not. Or I'm going to treat everyone fairly, but I'm not going to treat everyone the same. Because Lawrence Taylor had different rules than everyone else. And I just think Russell Wilson has his own quarterback coach. He has an office. Who cares? Uh, Nathan is in Los Angeles. Nathan, what's up, dude? Hey, good to talk to you guys again. Funny you to bring up Lawrence Taylor because that was my point. See, I'm a lifelong Giant fan. When I grew up idolizing Lawrence Taylor, and it's probably good that I was probably too young to be aware of much of what Lawrence Taylor was doing off the field. But even knowing it, I still consider him an all-time great, an all-time hero. He won me two Super Bowls. You know, what can I say? I mean... He's a, he's a great example for what we were talking about yeah. before. Nathan, where, thank you for the call, bud. Yeah, where it's not something like Russell Wilson. Obviously, this is another extreme with yeah. LT, but are Giant fans not supposed to... What are you supposed to do? He was one of the greatest players ever to play the game, revolutionize the way the defenses play. Like, like Lauren Taylor, one of the great all time. But right, there's majors- a lot there. I mean, listen, you don't have to buy his jersey. You don't have to. You can. There's a million things you can do to show, like, I'm not cool with this. You know, like there's players on every single team we could go to where you're going to find great guys who do awesome things for the community, and you're going to find people that you don't like. It's up to each fan to determine what's their breaking point. But if a Giant fan wants to go to MetLife Stadium and watch whoever's quarterbacking this year for the Giants and wear their 56 jersey, oh, are we going to ridicule them for it? You know what I mean? If I wanted to wear my Michael Vick jersey, which yeah. I don't, I don't anymore, but like if I did, is that a, a bad thing? Well, the thing about Vick is – 
I mean, at least on the outside, it seems like the guy really lived his apology. Oh, Not he only did he go jail. to jail for it, I mean, goodness, it, he paid for it. Became like a spokesperson for the ASPCA. Has like never, you know, Lawrence Taylor. I wouldn't say like really owned a lot of the. Well, he stuff. also keeps making the same, and he keeps making yeah, mistakes right. and stuff like that. But for Vic, like, what more could you ask for in terms of a guy did a terrible thing? You know, it's awful. It was awful. You ever have him on, by the way, one of your shows? Vic, I yeah. have interviewed Vic, but not on CBS Sports Radio. Okay. I interviewed him at SI when he came out with his book. He's like the white whale for me. I got to be able to get Michael Vic on at some point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you can get Vic. I know. Well, I can't get anybody. Well, I'm doing the overnight shows. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem that I have. The but next time you fill you in, are, we'll make sure. Two that... guys that I want to interview, yeah. Vic and Matt Ryan. I mean, I love Piazza, too, but whatever. By the, at this point, I'm like kind of over the Piazza thing. Yeah, Piazza gets a lot of burn in New York. Yeah, and I, I met him at a uh, – I interrupted his breakfast one time uh, over the summer. Well, not a flex. I was walking out of the hotel that I was oh, at. Oh, wait a minute, Sal. You didn't do the fan yeah, thing, I did. did. I had oh, to. No. no, no, I had to. Sal. So, back, what do you think here? And I see Piazza. It's just me my wife. I'm holding my daughter. Piazza is having lunch with his daughter right here. There's nobody else around. I see him. We make eye contact. Now, remember, I do host <laughs> the show on We make eye contact. Well, we did. We make eye contact. And I was like <laughs> – I, I have to say something, and I swear to you, I went, Mike, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want to say I love you so much and thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. I was like, you know, I work with Todd Zeal. Oh, yeah, okay. He had no oh, idea. Oh, you dropped Todd Zeal. Yeah, nice. I did. <laughs> then, this is the you best part. You might recognize of... me from SNY, yeah, right. the Mets official <laughs> <laughs> television station. Does this face look familiar? Right. Does this bald head look familiar? Right, exactly. <laughs> Salicata, you know who I am. So, anyway, he didn't know who I was, whatever. Next thing, I I'd come in, <laughs> come back. I was actually filling in for uh, the morning show the, the next weekend, right? Like, I come yeah. back. I, that next week for Boomer Geo uh, for Boomer Geo and I'm talking about this story with Jerry Recco telling the story I checked my DMs Piazza was listening DM me on Twitter said thanks for the shout out my daughter really got a kick out of it nice to meet you whatever it was look at Follow you, you Big see Mike. terrible terrible story to tell because now you've empowered every person who sees an athlete <laughs> in public to go up to them, interrupt their breakfast because they might get it was to be unique, friends now with Piazza. It was a unique situation. I think it's a case by case. Right. So they made eye contact. And, and they made eye contact. And, He's and, looking and, around. And His eyes have to go somewhere. It was, it was breakfast. You know, it's a it's a you know a leisurely time of the day. You know, nobody was, there, just him and his I, that daughter. That was my next. It know, wasn't crowded. Not nobody there. Him and his daughter. <laughs> I know. That's but what, you're holding your daughter. That's a good that's, Yeah, it makes, that's him, a good more, armor. makes yeah. him more sensitive. Yeah. Less likely to be a sycophant. <laughs> I had to say something. And plus, hey, that's what Chertoff used to call me for friends. I said, like, you're a sycophant. <laughs> you're Mike sycophant. Anyway, it was, what am I, I, I am, on, you know, I am on the fan and on SNY. It's not yeah. like I'm just. Some sick fans say, hey, can you sign this napkin for me? (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, I really don't have a leg to stand on because I did stop two Yankees in the last six months. But I didn't say that I was a fan. I just said, hey, like... DJ LeMahieu, I know who you are. Like, uh, did you introduce yourself? I, no, I had a totally, totally awkward encounter with him. <laughs> but it went better with Jameson Tyon. <laughs> I said, "Hey, I uh, I work for the station that play, that that uh, yeah. does your games on the radio." And he's like, "Oh, the fan." I was like, "Yeah, I work at the fan." And uh, I was like, "Well." Good talk. <laughs> I got to get going. Big gulps, huh? Good luck to you Alrighty. with all the, yeah. that calf muscle, whatever it was, probably fake. Good. <laughs> Ack, you ever had an awkward encounter? Oh, my God, Ack. Piazza. It was Piazza, Piazza too? Yeah. Where? At, it, it was, well, and now all, all due respect, it was during batting practice. Okay. But Ed Coleman, who covered the Mets for a sure, long, long time, time for WFA, I'm, I'm standing there talking to Ed as we're standing around the batting cage at batting practice. And Piazza walks over, 
And so I, I didn't even say anything because you right. know you you respect the, bat, the space and the batting yeah. bat, the batting cage is like right. the no go for right. reporters. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know can't uh, go there. No, no, we were allowed we were allowed there oh, at, yeah. at the time. And so you know I'm just talking with Ed and Piazza comes over. He starts talking with Ed and you know Ed very nicely says, "Hey Mike, this is Rich Ackerman. He works at the station with me. You know, good guy. Yada yada." And and so I did you do, shake his hand? I go the oh, well. Here's so Piazza. <laughs> Holds out his hand. He nice to meet you. And I was like, wow, it's pretty good. And then I go to extend my hand, and he looks the other way. And I'm like, hey, what was that? He gave you the no-look handshake. Yes. Uh, no and look I'm like, look, hey, you're going to go that far. Let's just I have to tell you, seal the deal. I was having anxiety <laughs> when you told me that deal. story. Because I thought you were going to say you didn't shake his hand, and I was going to flip out on you. Oh, no, I, you know I, I, went, to, I went to shake, and, and no. he, he turned away. And I'm like, hey. Ackerman all of a sudden just bows. Ackerman gives the elbow. First time I've ever met Oh, my God. Salah got shut up there, Chief. He gives me the elbow. All right, sit down and shut up. The best in terms of seeing, not heard. So that's I, right. I got them all. I, I just... How about this? Nick in Texas is in the chat. He said that's exactly what he did with Donovan McNabb. Ate lunch next to him and had him sign my napkin when I lived there, in Phoenix. See, <laughs> Nick in the best. <laughs> we want your awkward athlete encounters. I think I've got more too, people. Maggie. How long do we got here? I got more of those on the on the other side <laughs> of the break. <laughs> Gonna be honest, Sal, I'm not that shocked. <laughs> Came up to Piazza. I love you. I'm also on the station. Yeah. I think I started with I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you more than my wife. Don't tell her she's right there. You start with I love you, though. You have nowhere else to go no, right I know, after that. I know. It's, I went all in. Uh, right. You know what, though? Honestly, better to start that I love you than build to I love you. Yeah, like, right. just get all your crazy out there of There you go. That's fair. Uh, all right. We watch your awkward athlete encounters. What happened? You and a famous person. Let us know. Also, we will get to uh, Sal's very strong opinion about Lamar Jackson. Do I have a strong opinion about Lamar Jackson? Yes. No, I guess I you have do. have a strong opinion about everything. Oh, that is true. Soda. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, wait, are we sponsored? I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got that to do. Also, one team has a massive decision, and not only quarterback, but running back as well. we'll talk about that after this CBS Sports Update with Rich Ackerman. It's time to ask the pros where you can ask us a question. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply check out the link, cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros, or tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag askthepros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. It is the Maggie and Perloff show. Sal Akata from WFAN and SNY sitting in for Perloff, who has taken his girls up to the ski slopes. Ironically, Perloff does not ski. So he's just hanging in the lodge. He seems like he might be an awkward skier. I don't really know much about him, but just first look, I know I'm judging. So people judge Perloff because they see the glasses, and he went to Dartmouth, and he's got the sort of nerdy vibe. He's always coming with the stats and against the grain. Excellent athlete. Really? Was a basketball player at Dartmouth on the JV team and is an incredibly coordinated person. Interesting. I know. Shocked us all. Skiing can be tough for anybody. Not to say that I could do it because I couldn't. (laughs) I'd get hurt doing that. You got to start when you're like three. Can I ask you a quick question before we get into the next topic here? Uh, Because I just got a DM about it. Is this Piazza again? No. Sliding into your DMs? (laughs) Sal flexing that he's got a relationship with Mike Piazza? Um, The Hall of Famer? So, no, like the breaks. I know we're on YouTube. Yeah. Are Are we on YouTube during the break? Hell yeah. 
What the hell? Somebody's got to warn me. (laughs) Why? I'm eating a protein bar. I'm getting text. (laughs) Oh, how's my man doing? I see you munching on the food. I haven't eaten a thing today. I forgot to eat. Thank goodness I found a protein bar on me. You want us to order pizza for you? No, thank you. You with pizza. No, I don't want to have any issues. (laughs) Bite your hand (laughs) off. Oh, didn't you try to have the... uh, I ate it. Yeah, the whole pizza? Whole pizza in two hours. And you got sick afterward, did you not? I did puke in the Mike Francesa studio. There you go. This is what I'm trying to avoid. (laughs) After the pizza went down and I won the bet. Still counts. Still counts. Thank you, Stu. Uh, I love it. Yes, we are on during the break. So YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. People try to guess all the time what I'm eating during the breaks. It's fun. I didn't Um, know that. We also, across the country, all of our amazing CBS Sports Radio affiliates, we are on Sirius XM Channel 158. We're on the free Odyssey app, which is... Just crystal clear. You ever you ever see the clip of uh, of Mike one time when you know because the show used to be Fall on yes, friend. No, 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 Maggie. <laughs> no, but there was Seen another one. one. This one's even better, I think. There was Mike's coming back from break, and like we and I know this because I used to be behind the scenes. I used to run the board, right? Yes. So I would know like the timing of it. Yeah. You have to work with the radio controls it, and then I would tell the yes people, okay, we're doing four minute TV, break. Yep. So somehow, and I was not there for this one. I just watched it. So <laughs> somehow there was a miscommunication, and TV came back earlier. And Mike was about to dive into a like big like ice cream sundae thing that he had in front of him. He looked Stu up. Knows. He looked I've up, caught himself yet. on TV, and was like, "Oh crap!" And tried to like cover it up. Well, and I like, get why. You like, want to you know, know what I heard about that? What? Well, that you know, maybe maybe a certain member of his family might have been monitoring what he was eating and drinking during the break. Self right. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's what I mean. Who cares what the reason is, right? Whatever it may be, but you're like, oh, I'm also, caught. Amateur move by someone who's in the radio hall of fame. Because you can't eat ice cream during a break unless you're really going to house it. During the break, you had a protein bar. I, you know, have had a variety of things that I, right. <laughs> but like never <laughs> something that's going to melt. What do you, yeah, that is true. Cause that you got to eat. I wouldn't and it's even, all in the studio. I mean, come aside on, from, better. aside from the pizza that you had for the, you know, for the contest or the bed or whatever, like yeah. I have a hard time eating anything other than very light, clean stuff before any show. Yeah. Like how could you. Especially on the overnight. I can't. What do you think? I'm going to eat three slices of pizza and a chicken bar hero before an overnight. I'll do it on the weekend before an overnight show. I'll be asleep, which I almost am anyway. I know. I can't I can't eat a lot before a show or else I just want to go night-night. You eat during? Three to six is a tough. So, yeah, I've had the challenge of, like, you have to sort of peak in the afternoon. Of course, on the West Coast, we're on a little bit earlier, right. just like in lunchtime. But, yeah, I've had to figure out what's the optimization here. I'm like Russell Wilson. You know, instead of doing calisthenics in the uh, aisle on the way to London, I am figuring out, you know, when do I eat the kind bar? All right. And uh, you have an office like Russell Wilson. I, I Although you share it with Perloff. Yeah. And I stash everything there. Yeah, that's great. Including the advice duck. Because it's Friday, advice duck is back, guys. There's still time to get your question in for the advice duck. Of course, you guys know this is when I cease to be Maggie Gray. And I turned into the most wise person slash duck hmm. in all of radio. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be my first experience with it. Well. <laughs> and by the way, Maggie, you and I go way back. I was thinking about this as I was taking the train in today because, well, two reasons. One, I forgot my wedding ring and I actually feel naked. And on the way in, I yes, was like, oh so my God, I forgot. You're giving it. people on the live stream the wrong idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it made me yeah, exactly right. Well, what's going on there? Don't read into it. It's like, oh, who unfollowed on Instagram? Oh, Russell Wilson yeah. unfollowed the Broncos. No, so I forgot it. And then it just made me think of, the, and I've told you the story plenty of times before. First time we ever worked together, I was doing an overnight show, New Year's Eve. This was 2009, I want to say, into 10. I could be off on that, but that's my guess. like it was yesterday. You were doing the updates, yep. and my girlfriend at the time 
was like, who's that? Because I had her listen on whatever. <laughs> who's that girl doing updates? And I'm like, will you leave me alone? Like, I'm just trying to do a show here. Also, can I just peel back the curtain? You were so nervous. And I get it now because I was nervous too. And I'm always nervous going on the air. But you were by yourself. We're overnight. It's New Year's Eve. It's a tough shift. And you, this maybe you didn't know, but I had been on the air two, three years prior. I did a couple of shows. I did one Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. That was okay. like my first on-air break. Yeah. And then something happened where I went on the air once with Mike and Chris and said something that ticked some of the bosses off. Yeah. And I was not able to get another opportunity until... Oh, that's why you were so nervous. I was extra nervous. I would be nervous anyway in yeah, that right. spot. I get nervous You're now, nervous. but yeah. I was extra nervous that particular night. That's so funny because yeah. I was also just peeing my pants that night. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, But Sal, you were great. You oh, yeah. made me feel comfortable. 855-212-4CBS, yeah. 855-212-4227. Uh, Phil is in Pennsylvania. He's got a story about Muhammad Ali. We're talking about celebrity and athlete encounters because Sal really botched one with Mike Piazza, but it ended up being okay <laughs> in the end. What's up, Phil? Hey, Maggie. Hey, Sal. How you doing today? Hi. Uh, this is not actually my story. This is a story about my dad and my brother. Uh, they were, they flew into Louisville, you know, to because uh, he Penn State play, and uh, they're outside the airport, and a uh, and a uh, limousine pulls up, and out walks the Muhammad Ali. Wow. My dad, you know, you know, stopped him and said hi, and said, "Son, this is the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali." So, you know, he has to take a picture, and my dad had a friend uh, take a picture of him, and they were, you know, squaring up like boxers do. Took a picture of it. Anyway, my dad got the the picture. He got it, you know, uh, developed everything like that. The picture was completely blurry and offset, oh. and he couldn't even tell that it was him. I mean, that's something you you know you blow up and put in the basement and you keep forever. But it was just completely botched. It was horrible. Oh, Phil, that is a bummer. But I mean, at least you get the story of meeting Ali. Got to be honest, I've got a very similar story with. Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. So when I worked at Sports Illustrated, they started giving out a Muhammad Ali award every year with uh, someone who displayed great sportsmanship. And so, and uh, giving back to the community and, and a lot of different characteristics. And we flew to Louisville and did this whole thing. And Muhammad Ali was later in his life where he was in a wheelchair and he wasn't speaking at the time. But you got to like line up basically. And they brought you like behind like a curtained off area, two by two. And you got to sit on either side of Muhammad Ali. And it was like taking a picture with like a head of state. That's how I felt. It was right. like, uh, this is as close as I'm going to get to take a picture with like a president or right. a you know, royalty or something like that. And um, a colleague of mine's on one side. I'm on the other. We get to uh, take a photo with Muhammad Ali. Tell him, you know, champ, thank you. And hello. He wasn't speaking at the time. Never got the photo. Oh, Don't have no. it. I've tried. My colleague tried. We have no idea. Like, could not get the photo. Oh. And so, just like Phil and Phil's brother, I guess. It's out I, there somewhere. I just don't have a photo of me and a Muhammad Ali. <sighs> I know. That's a bad one. Because there are certain people <laughs> it's like, ah, whatever. But Muhammad Ali. I know. Just even being like in his presence, you could feel. Right. You know? I'm trying, to feel, I'm trying to think if I have that feeling with anybody before. I can't think of one of that magnitude. Let's go to Christina, who's in Toronto. Christina, who'd you meet? Uh, Dick Gilmore. How'd that happen? Um, well, I was at a club downtown, um, RPM, downtown Toronto, and he was just standing at the bar. <laughs> my, uh, my brother is a huge Doug Gilmore 
man. And uh, so I said to him, I said, can I get your autograph for my brother? <laughs> and he wrote it down on a napkin, and my brother still has it to this day. Wow, the killer. That's so cool, Christina. That's, that's oh, well, I didn't mean to cut her off. Yeah, ah. It happens. I'm just starting to like, think was now. Was he alone? We needed more details on that. Dougie Gilmore. I'm just starting to think now of all these celebrities that I've met in the different spots. It, it is a lot. Um, one, I'm going to give you two quick ones. Okay, we've got a minute. Okay, well, I'll give you one quick one. Yeah. Um, uh, Alexei Kovalov at a yeah. bowling alley. And he signed my receipt. This is in Westchester. I guess the Rangers, a lot of the Rangers used to live up there. Yeah. And he signed north my of, receipt. North of New York. Yeah. Another one, a better one, Jake Gyllenhaal. I saw him at a Watch the Throne concert. And I was like, yo, I went, and I was hammered. <laughs> I couldn't even, I don't even like Jake Gyllenhaal. I couldn't even, I was like, yo, Jake, you mind if we get a picture? And he wouldn't do it. And I hate what? his guts to this day. Wouldn't do it. Wait, hold on. How inebriated were you? Uh, enough to go down and, and introduce myself. <laughs> but not enough to make a fool of myself, I don't think. You're like, Donnie Darko. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was. Really. I couldn't care less. Hey, Jake, you mind taking a picture? You know, for social media? Wouldn't do it. And ever since, I hated him. Man. <laughs> so, Screw you, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, who do you think you are? It's his fault. 855-212-4CBS. Yeah. <laughs> More Maggie Perloff. Salakata's in for Perloff today. Don't move. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.